also come to this hallowed spot yeah. to remind America of the fierce urgency of now. This is no time to engage in the luxury of cooling off or to take the tranquilizing drug of gradualism. All right, folks, welcome back to my podcast series, The Urgency of Now. This series is about some of the racial injustice that's going on in 2020. We're going to cover a lot of topics. And I'm having a discussion here with one of my conservative friends who actually grew up down the street from me in San Diego, California. And although we have very different views uh, from a political standpoint, we both see eye to eye that you know we have to do things differently. So um, this, this particular discussion is primarily about police brutality. So I'd like for you to uh, maybe sit back and listen, maybe get some insights and enjoy the show. That sounds great. Now, what do you say to the people who say violence begets violence, eye for an eye, um, the cops are violent, right? Um, I don't know how many times I've interactions with the cops where it wound up just me body slammed on my face, some guy's boot on my face, some guy kicking me in the nuts. <laughs> these aren't these aren't random people, right? These are the people we pay to protect and serve. So, what do you say to those folks who? Um, are subjected to that type of violence all the time, anytime they interact with police? I would say, first of all, that I'm sorry. I would say, first of all, that's not okay. Uh, I would empathize and sympathize on their level with them. Now, I know that doesn't make it go away. I know that doesn't make it better, and it sure as hell don't make everything all right. Uh, uh, but someone who is very important to me. Uh, he was killed for his peaceful beliefs. Mm-hmm. And I read a lot of things that Dr. King wrote, and he gave his life uh, for a peaceful revolution. And if he was willing to give his life uh, in the name of peace and in the name of equality, why should I argue with that? Gotcha. He, he paid the ultimate price. He set the example for us that if I'm willing to give my life, um, you know, let's not tarnish that by getting caught in the weeds with this this kind of stuff that we're all guilty of. Uh, you know, the time that I was in L.A. County Jail, I had the bruise from the butt of that officer's pistol on the side of my head for two days after I left there, um, partly because of the way that I looked, um, partly because I was breaking the law. Um, but we can all look back and, and find times when we were inappropriately treated in a violent way, albeit the African-American community has a lot more examples of that than the rest of us do. Uh, But we can all find some examples of that. that. That can't be okay for us if we want to heal from it. How can we heal from it if we continue to, to let it eat at us? But it seems like the police are the only part of our society that are paid to be violent. Yep. Right? I mean, they're sanctioned to be violent. So what do you, I mean, if you were going to deal with that, because, uh, you know, a lot of the resistance from a black man's perspective, everybody's like, well, he shouldn't have resisted. Well, I knew if, if growing up in Southeast San Diego, that if I got stopped by the cops and I didn't run, I was getting my ass whooped. Mm-hmm. It was going to happen, right? And so 
you know, I ran a 4240, right? So my first reaction was run real fast, mm -hmm. right? Try to get away. Now, maybe I wasn't doing anything wrong. Maybe I was. It didn't matter. In each instance, when I engaged with them, I knew I was going to take them. <laughs> right. You know, I was going to get brutalized. So what do you say to them? people who grew up like me, because I feel like, you know, I, I'm not a wild person. You know, I served sure. in the military, boxing, you know, for I've done a lot of things in life, but I don't feel like I'm a violent person right now. But coming up, there was violence all around me. So what do you say to those people who, um, you know, have those environments where, you know, if you think about it, anytime the police come into those types of environments where there's a high propensity for violence, they typically are a lot more violent than anybody could potentially be in those situations. So what do you say to that dynamic that happens, you know, that between people that are in areas with high propensities for violence and the way that the cops tend to react when they come into those areas and have to protect and serve? What, what would you say about that? Well, I would say, first of all, as a man, you haven't let that define you. Right. And I think as individuals, uh, we all need to do the same. That might come back to the self-actualization part of it, but the healing and the damage that is so lasting from that type of behavior day after day after day after day after day, uh, it's going to take us a long time to heal from that. But I know that we'll never be able to heal from that if violence begets violence. How are we ever going to show the, uh, the people that are violent uh, when they don't need to be, you know, the bang, 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 stop resisting. Fuck. You know, he, all you had to do was cuff him. You know, you didn't need to do what you did. Mm -hmm. He wasn't resisting. Uh, you know, that, that whole thing is, it's going to be perpetuated as long as we participate in it. If we stand tall and we say, this is not wrong. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to not only not resist, but I'm going to make it, I'm going to make peace such an important part about my behavior that when somebody treats me violently, it's going to be 10 times worse than it would have been. Let's show how bad that really is by not stooping to that level, by not taking part in that type of behavior. Uh, you know, we talk about the Bible too. It, it says an eye for an eye in there. You know, as a Christian person, I have read the Bible, every word that's in there. Um, what, what that passage was talking about was wartime behavior, mm -hmm. not day-to-day -day life. You know, we're not at war every single day. Now it may feel like that because of the way we're treated by police officers in our communities. Uh, but we have to coach our kids. We have to coach each other. We have to coach, uh, the people in our neighborhoods that look, violence is wrong. That's what we're preaching. So if we act in a violent way, how can we ever get past this? How can we ever heal? How can we ever show these people that there is a better way if we're taking part in it too? And, and that's just how I feel. And maybe that's not okay with uh, the black community right now, um, but that's the only way I'm ever gonna feel. And, and I'm not gonna stop supporting my brothers out there that are feeling this way but I'm always going to do it with peace and tolerance as a blueprint for everything I do. And I, I don't know any other way to do it, Darren. I thank you so much, brother. Um, I would say that this has been very enlightening for me. Um, one of the things that 
I want to make sure that we do is, is, you know, as I mentioned, when we were talking about doing this was have a really open conversation and, and I actually uh, learned way more than I expected from this conversation. So I really do appreciate it. Um, maybe once you do that ride along, you'll come back and we'll do another little chat and we can talk about what you learned from the police if that's okay. Oh, I'd love to do that. Any, anything you think I can help with, uh, I hope to be invited back myself. All right, appreciate it. Thank you, sir. We have also come to this hallowed spot to remind America of the fierce urgency of now. This is no time to engage in the luxury of cooling off or to take the tranquilizing drug of gradualism. Yeah.